Hey there. Welcome to the in between. I I'm off my game. I <laughs> we don't have Colson, so I feel like I'm I'm pushing buttons I haven't pushed in a long time. That's right. You're going so, to, from from coach to head coach, right? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no longer know how to do anything. I don't, yeah, I'm not I'm not not even good for coaching. Yep. Um yeah, but uh it's good for him to have time off. We love you Colson. Come back, yes. please. Okay, do, does Colson do you think Colson will listen to this when we're not I don't when know. He's not here? I don't know. I'm I'm interested to know if he listens to it on his way back from. Okay, here's vacation. here's my challenge yeah. to you, Colson. If Coulson, you're listening, if you're listening, here's mine. Right, we in. can each do one. Mine is next week during the podcast without ever saying a word about having heard it. You need to reference Job of the Hut. Just at any point during the podcast, <laughs> and when you, <laughs> when you when you sneak. Okay, so I used to have a friend who right before I would teach. Uh-huh. Uh, at McKinney Memorial Bible Church to the teenagers, he would walk up and just say a word, and I was supposed to figure out a way to work that in. word yeah. into my talk. That's last week, funny. last week there was a Kleenex on the a box of Kleenex on the table. Yeah, which I was like, where'd these come? Yeah. This week there was a pencil with an earring stuck in the eraser sitting on that table. I'm like, is someone doing that to me? Like, I'm supposed to work this as my. <laughs> I'm gonna use this flashbacks. as an example in my. I don't sermon. know about the Kleenex, but I know where the pencil with the earring came from. And was it your earring? No, it was. Uh, it was on Heather's uh, stand during practice, and she put it up there because Heather's a troublemaker. <laughs> right. Anybody who knows Heather Brown, you know she's yeah, exactly. just a troublemaker. That's right. She's just trying to throw everybody off all the time. Which is why she keeps trying to incor- ask me to put tambourines. tambourines that's into right. The- she's been fighting for the tambourine. She's, she's also been community. fighting for, uh, she usually sings um, for our Christmas Eve service because it's Christmas is her birthday. Oh, wait. So I usually ask her to sing, um, mostly because I think that's funny. Um, but uh, she always asks to, she wants to wear a, a sweater with bells on it and play the bell. So she can play like, bells on her sweater. Okay, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Uh, uh, anyway, okay, so we've we've done a couple uh taste tests on here and we have a uh suggestion. Oh no, is this going to become a thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um Shanna Hart, um Shanna, we love you so much. So grateful for you. I don't think that this one's going to happen though cuz I might vomit Okay. And, and I, I anyway, she wants us to try. Um, they're called Snickles. Ready? Snicker stuffed pickles. It's a food trend. What? Wait, the pickle is stuffed with the Snickers? Yeah. I, I first went with like sugar coated nickels, but and I actually think that would be preferable to the. Yeah, yeah. I, I would. I would definitely <laughs> lick a sugar coated nickel before I would eat a. I went to a the combination snickle. of Snickers and Skittles. Thinking that was something. Oh, but see, that would be pretty. That would be okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think I would like it, but I think that I would be able to tolerate it. But the the Snickers and a pickle. I did it. I'll try it. Yeah, if, I'd try if, it. If, oh, she'll, if she will Lord. provide the Snickles. Well, there you go. <laughs> I, I will try. You one. have your. You have your answer. There you go, Shanna. <laughs> oh my gosh! Evidently, we'll try anything. I was gonna say. Well, this is this is. We finally found a reason for people to listen to this podcast. <laughs> That's going to be on Sunday morning. We're going to reverting to all student. And we'll shave our head (laughs) if 94 people come to the podcast. Listen to the podcast. Oh, wow. Well, 
Let's get into the stuff that nobody's uh, listening for then. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was Okay, see how mine was jaded. That was just that was just dark. You, you, took, it, <laughs> you took it to a whole other place. I, I do tend to be darker. Um Anyway, um we we have kind of a funny thing um did did July happen quickly for anybody else because it just like this is the last weekend in July. Yeah. And coming up and holy cow. I, I can I actually have evidence that that I got blindsided by how quickly July went by and that is I have I have a sermon prepared for next week for for somewhere. July 25th. And I'm not preaching. Yeah. I actually think there's a I, I'm I am essentially prepared, not totally prepared. You know me better than that, but <laughs> I am largely prepared to preach a week that doesn't exist on the calendar. Yeah, because Matt Lance is coming in to preach yep. this Sunday, which we're super excited about. Oh my gosh, Matt Lance is fantastic. For those of you that don't know Matt Lance, um, he's kind of a legend for um, not kind of. He's a legend for uh, um, <laughs> pine covers in in my generation. There you go. I was say, what a great place to stall out. A legend, <laughs> a legend for, for uh, man, something. gosh. Uh, uh, he's a good few, dude. He's, no, um, I would say Pinecover's my generation know who Matt Lance is in yep. a, like a very strong way. No, and fear. And fear yeah. Matt Lance. <laughs> he made my wife cry quite a few times in Bible <laughs> studies. Um, I not in a bat. Never mind. <laughs> that just makes him We're sound not helping. Evil. You just keep talking. Okay, cool. Well... That was supposed to be uh, an encouraging thing. Turned out to be just not encouraging at all. He he was part of our uh, wedding. He, he you and he That's right. performed we, we our tag wedding. Teamed your wedding, which was I think your first time to do that with him. Oh, definitely my first time to do it. I think at all, but certainly with him, which is yeah interesting. But and anyway. I swore never to do it again after that. Not doing it. Just kidding. That was it. Was a great experience. <laughs> anyway, and I got to do the important part. That's all that mattered. That's yeah. <laughs> like Matt, you can say whatever you want. Chris is marrying it. No, That's I'm right, exactly. Just right. joking. I'm doing the rings part. Um, <laughs> I mean, meant the slapping John part. Yeah, that didn't happen. By the way, anyway. Um, <laughs> yes. Wow. Uh, so yeah. we just have, yeah, shifted into a totally different gear here. But uh, Matt's going to be talking about First um, Peter two. God, I keep messing that up in my head. First Peter two. 21 through 25. Right. Which is, I mean, it's a strong passage. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm so excited he gets, he's taught. So one of the things, those of you who were here, you saw the Forge quote First Peter from beginning to ending. And if you didn't, you need to look that Oh, my gosh, up. yeah, that was really cool. I mean, it's hard to do. And so it's kind of monotone. You know, it's got that, you know, weird cultic feel to it. Uh, but 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 it, it is them quoting First Peter, doing their best, not all of them nailing it, which, is, again, is a good application of first Peter. Um, but it's, uh, it's really cool to get to experience that. Well, the forge program from the very beginning has been memorizing first Peter and carefully teaching through first Peter each year. And for about 10 of those years ish, 10 to 12 of those years, it was Matt teaching it the first 10 or 12, first 10 or 12 years. And so, uh, now it's Jared Schuler who we all know and love here too. But, uh, so he has taught first Peter so many times and it's, this is like, this is the briar patch for him. This is this is his hometown. So I'm excited. I've never gotten to hear him teach it. And so I'm excited to get to hear him, especially a passage like this. And that's why I'm not too bummed about having uh, going to have to go back and cover some passages because the way Peter writes it is essentially all the stuff that I wrote 
that I'm writing here, you should do that because of this section that Matt's about to teach. So we'll just be teaching it in reverse order because of what Matt's about to teach. Yep. Then you should do this. And that's probably works for us as a Western brain anyway, pretty well. Yeah. We would have written this differently. Um, but uh, for those of you that are paying attention, Chris ended last week with um, one of my favorite verses, seven mm. uh, two seventeen, honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the King. Um, which leaves us 18, 19, and 20 that we will be. Well, and I didn't to. get to unpack 16 or 17. Yeah, I know. So it's really kind of 16 kind of through 19. I'll need to come back and go through. Um, um, and these do get, as I said in the sermons, and by the way, you, I, I know Paul probably noticed it because I think he said all the way through. This was a great example of the Sunday of me making adaptations between the services. Oh, yeah. Um, man, I... I I, I told somebody you totally you different. slid into home on the first service. You were like, yes, Woo. I slid from about second base to home. <laughs> <laughs> I covered a lot of ground very quickly, and just realized again it's it's part of it. I mean, I realized I'd spent too much time in one little area that I can come back to, and um, and so the pacing was different. It it is a weird thing to do that. Yeah, um, have to do it. Just and weird. it's a weird thing sitting through it because yeah. you're like. Oh man, <laughs> he didn't. He, we're halfway through, and he is not nearly as far. How's this yeah. is gonna go? Every once in a while, I can see Paul's eyes cut back to the timer in the back of the yeah. room. I'm like, like, oh no, that's a bad sign. I know what that means. I know what that means. <laughs> he's going. I don't. I ain't gonna, there ain't no way. There's no way he's getting through this. I actually was sitting back there with Chad because I was listening to you while I was talking to Chad in the um, uh, sound booth and. I was like, oh, is that the time? Like, yeah. yeah, there's no way. No. Okay. Well, here we go. Yep. Well, it's, it's, there, there are positives and negatives to, uh, being a more conversational kind of speaker. Mm-hmm. And the negative can be when I can see that people are really, really engaged and want something further unpacked that I end up staying there longer than the time I have. But, well, we're not too concerned about being organized. So, no, that's right. It's um, okay. I've we'll heard Paul. I've heard you use seventeen as a um, as a benediction before. Yeah. So sixteen and seventeen, mm-hmm. I would say, are probably my my favorite verses mm-hmm. together. Um, and really, it's it's what they represent, um, kind of for the life stage of kind of early, early seriously following <laughs> Christ for me. Because mm. um, we've we've re- re- referenced this before, but um, I certainly my beginning kind of understanding of what it was to follow Christ took a very legalistic kind of mindset. And so yeah. this, this idea of using your freedom as a cover up for evil was, was very much, I think that in that presence of why I put on the good Christian kind of affronted face and then why, what I held against others who, who, you know, again, weren't so outwardly Christian. Yeah. Christian. <laughs> their their sins were less hidden than mine, so I was doing a better job. Um, and that was that holier than thou, you know, kind of understanding. There's a great definition for a good Christian: whoever covers their sins best wins. Exactly. Right. That's the... <laughs> right. And so, oh my goodness! And, and wow. then, and then, really, even again with with this legalistic understanding, you know, and created more rules than was you know was deemed set forth by Christ, and so. But that's also one of your personalities to kind of create rules for yourself that <laughs> Yeah, that don't to create <laughs> rules don't. for myself and not follow somebody else's. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's 
And so this, I mean, again, the concept of living as a free person, mm. right? In you know, again, in this personal application of you know, Peter's Peter's talking about these institutions, um, and I was having to go against my own created institution of legalism. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But what it was to live as a free person, and then to not just use my freedom as this cover up for evil. Um, and so there's just kind of that balance of, yeah, legalism and licentiousness and and really kind of understanding that and how it had its different holds in my life, um, especially going into college and then getting to make a lot of those decisions, you know, for yourself for the first time. Yeah. And then, and then again, the app, the practical application, John, like you were saying of 17 with these two pairings, um, that get from lower to higher and higher to lower. I mean, it's kind of, I always thought it was really neat how Peter kind of presents them is you have the, your first two of, you're supposed to honor everybody. Yeah. And part of everybody is the brotherhood. And yeah. you don't just honor them. You honor and love them. Mm-hmm. So it's honor mm-hmm. everybody and then honor and love the brotherhood. And then you have the reversal. You go from the high to the low. So then we are to fear God. Mm-hmm. And in our fear for God, we only honor the emperor. And then go back down kind of a step. And so, um, which again, like you said, Chris, I mean, I, I, I can't even fathom what it would be like as an original audience under Nero and to have that letter written to me oh to my gosh. say, how do I, how do I honor the emperor? No. And I feel like this is, you know, again, crazy to think about then. And yet so timely for us to ponder even today. Um, Cause yeah, we just spent some time with some family uh, who, you know, every, every problem that is going on in the world is of course our president's fault. Right. And, and that's not new. It's always the case of whatever, (laughs) whatever president isn't in, who's in office or elected official who's in office, who's not of their party, then they're to blame for everything. And, and again, that's not a, a, there's, there's a difference between, I think, honor and respect. Um, And that really they come down to this, this notion of deference. Deference. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's what you give. It's not what they earn absolutely and so you don't you don't have to have a respectable president to give respect to the president that's That's right um vital yeah you can you can pay honor to somebody even when they don't deserve honorable right exactly and so but again that i I think how key that is to every christian i mean i was talking about it like the other day yes yesterday with some of the therapists like how to teaching some of these young therapists how do you train people in a marriage you need to love your husband even when he's not lovable. You need to love your mm. your wife when she's not lovable. Like that's this is a this is a foundational Christian concept. Yeah, is that we give to people what they have not earned because, because we got because what we, didn't we earn. were given such a great gift that which we did not earn. And a great way to think through this, uh, you've you've talked about this before, is just the the idea that when God uh, bought us. He bought our, um, he bought us lock, stock, and barrels. Right. What you've uh, everything we're referred owed. to, everything that we're owed, everything that we owe. Oh, that's right. All of that is is purchased. So you don't have to, um, you don't have to demand payment anymore because it's not your, it's not debted to you. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you don't have that. Like you're. And, and, and that's a, I feel like that's a foreign concept, um, for most of us. Cause we, we don't, 
that's not how we conceive of ourselves. Right. Um, and so, I mean, if, if you haven't noticed already um, inside of your Christian walk that, that you, you probably have not had your worldview changed enough, like that's, that's a real thing. Like you, you probably still need to be evaluating the way that you see the world um, in contrast with what the Bible says the world actually is, mm. because if you're if you're comfortable, like I just don't I don't think that you're there yet, um, right? Anyway, I'm, I mean this this passage, which we'll come back to, because I think it's it's so key. But even in the, you know, looking at the at the commentaries and stuff on it, this this first phrase, which you know is live as people who are free. Um, you know, the, the commentaries talk about how this, one of the, at least one of the ones I was looking at talks about how, how the word here, the, you know, live as people who are free in, in the Greek, it's as free. And the, this commentary talked about how that's probably meant to be as like, as free, not using freedom. Mm. And it's kind of like, no, no, re- really you are free. Yeah. So you should uh, really like, it's not, you're not using freedom. You're not pretending to have freedom. You're not faking freedom. And how hard would it have been for a people in hiding or under the Roman rule or and under whatever rule, Greek mm-hmm. rule, whatever, multiple layers of authority, most of whom treated them as servants or slaves, as less, many, most of them would not have been Roman citizens, I assume. Mm-hmm. And to say, no, no, you're free. Seriously. Really? Honestly? Free. As, as truly free people, yeah. that's how you should live. Not... Not using freedom as a cover-up, but free. And that's a... And then, of course, he's going to transfix that and say, now live, live as a servant, servant of, God. of God. Right? Like, yeah. uh, that's what freedom is. You're truly free only when you're a servant of God. And it's it's such a cool picture, especially for a Galilean to be writing to a group of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, Galileans who were... They were the Texans of that re, that lead of that uh, area. era and area. They were, yeah, they were... Yeah, leave us alone. Mm-hmm. Type of, they were always the last, kind of the last to fall whenever someone came in, because they were out in the sticks and you just didn't want to mess with them, and it wasn't worth going and messing with them. And so, they built um, their own navy in four against the Romans, like yeah. in, the in the Sea of Galilee, which is not a big body of water. No. Like you're no. don't don't hear Sea of Galilee and think like, oh, it must be huge. No, it's tiny. Yeah, but they just went out in boats. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they got slaughtered, but still. Like, <laughs> well, you know, the Romans decided, anytime the Romans decided, we're done with them. I mean, it was the whole world. They just took you. But it's wild how they did that. But I'm I'm fascinated by this concept of freedom mm-hmm. that's hard for us to wrap our brains around. Well, and then after saying, you know, says uh, living as servants of God, honor all men, love the brother, fear God, honor the king. And then he goes into 18 talking about actual Servants, actual right, right. slaves, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only because, again, you because have the free. ability to. Right. You're free. It's that falsely attributed quote to Abraham Lincoln. He didn't actually say it, but most people attribute it to him, but that the the definition of freedom is just the ability to choose your own master. Mm. It's not that you're masterless. Right. I thought you were going to say, don't believe everything you read on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Or... uh a house divided against itself cannot stand. Yeah, exactly. That always gets attributed to eight. <clears throat> Jesus. Yeah, Jesus said that. 
And, uh, but that, that same notion of like, you know, we, we were once a people who were not free. I mean, we were yeah. slaves to sin. No, no say in the matter. Yeah. We didn't have the ability to, to rightfully choose our master. Mm. Our master was the, the world and the dominion of Satan and sin and wrath. And yet now, again, it's not because, it's not because we did something, um, but one of the notes that I had next to this uh, from, again, just kind of one of the comments on it, uh, that this notion is Christians are free in the sense of being under no obligation to God to gain his acceptance. And that's, that's what we are really free. He's <laughs> accepted us because of what Jesus Christ did for us. And so now we have this ability to go on without sinning, to make these, to choose these virtues, honor and love and fear only because we are now rightly free. I'm going to go back to that real quick because you That's said great. it quickly, but the under no obligation to God to gain his acceptance, to gain his acceptance. Like I, we're going to say it one more time because I feel like you could easily <laughs> miss how weighty that is. Yep. You're under no obligation to God to gain his acceptance that is purchased through Jesus. What would it be like to actually live like that? Because mm-hmm. I feel like all of us feel like we've we we got an obligation, right? We got an anyway. I feel that. What's way. the what's the song? The line in the old hymn that I, I love the hymn, but the line always drives me crazy. Um, um, oh, to grace, how great a debtor! Oh, to grace, how great a debtor! Like, mm-hmm. I just think you're 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 saying it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Poetry, saying, the same words, but I'm saying it wrong, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's a and and again, I love the poetry of that kind of stuff. I really do. But there's a part of me that's like, when I, when I hear that, I'm like, okay, I, I get there is a, I just think grace is the bank that we're drawn from every day. That's, yes. That's the way that I, but it doesn't, but we don't owe a debt because of it. Well, I mean, but that's what you call something that you draw from like that. I don't. Okay. Withdrawal, not debt, but debt would imply, that's what I don't like about the word debt is debt implies I'm going to have to pay this back mm. versus great by definition. I can't pay grace back. Now I understand the emotion of it to go, Oh my gosh, I could never repay back what grace has purchased. Yeah. But that me. doesn't make you not a debtor. It just makes you a forgiven debtor. <laughs> yeah, that's a good <laughs> argument. Okay. The, I'll give you that. The, you know, like we, we're still taking from something that's not ours, except that it's that been too. given to us every right. time every time we're taking from anyway. Yep. I don't know. It, I just love the hymn. But I so agree. I do Lori too. walked I down to that, that hymn. <laughs> Lori yeah. walked down the aisle yes, to that it's hymn. It's one of my very favorites. It's that one It's always that one line. I'm like, I want to teach that. <laughs> like, I want to talk about what, let's, let's what's talk true. To, and what's not true yeah, about yeah. that. We're all saying the same words. What do you think? And what are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what do you think? Yes, are we exactly. thinking the same thing? Are you thinking saying? wrong things about those? Yeah, words? I, we want to make sure we always want to make sure that nobody's thinking wrong things while they're, Singing and worship. That's right. But I don't think we're going to get there. Good luck with that. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna big. That's a job too big for us. Yeah. Luckily, there's somebody else who'll take it. Yeah. No, but that's so true. It is a the the. It'd be interesting to try to wrestle through the word obligation as a, because I don't I don't not have to wrestle with that word too. On the other side of it, like there is a, he does become, he is my master. 
Mm-hmm. He is my king. Mm. I am obliged to obey him. Yeah, but, but that's not, not what gets me his, his approval, acceptance. Yeah. yeah, acceptance. Is that yeah. the word? Acceptance. You're acceptance. in the kingdom, right? Yeah, I, I have been adopted. Yeah. yeah, and at that point, that's done, and that's a honor your father, right? And we talk about, you know, my, Michael, for example, or Emma, or Mark, or or any of them, like they could be. They could, I could have a dead child or they could have a dead parent. I could have a rebellious child or they could have a rebellious parent. We could be all the different things, but they can't not be my children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can't not be their father. And that's a, there's something that goes along with that that is key. Like that's a given. Yeah. You, can, you can use other words to engage with that conversation, but you can't take the fundamentals. And understanding that, I, I again, I've said before, I grew up, in a church that I think unintentionally taught a sense of don't mess, don't mess this up because right now God's happy with you right now. God accepts you right now. God has saved you has justified you because of Jesus. But if you do this, but if you mess this up, then he he won't. And that boggles my mind now to look back on that as how does, how does anyone teach that? I don't. Yeah. My um, uncle used to, to preach, um, um uh that you're not too tough for Jesus. Mm. Um he would go into harder places and and preach yeah. this. And I mean as a former football player, like yeah, he's in the uh Texas A and M Hall of Fame. Um he played in the NFL for a little while. He was a he was a terror. Like he was right big and mean and ugly and Jesus saved him. And his whole whole thing was you're not you're not too tough for Jesus. Like you're not mm. there's not there's not any uh thing that you can do that's gonna Yeah, you're not gonna impress scare him. him away. You're gonna scare him. <laughs> like, that's not I think that's one of the uh, thing. Okay, another tiny little teaching thing that, that gets in, in my craw a little bit is the um you know the idea you know when talk when people talk about God can't look upon sin or or oh yeah, no the um, turning his face from yeah, and and I'm like, I I, I get that you're just trying to describe God's holiness, mm-hmm. and we're talking about holiness. I understand that, but I think it sometimes comes across almost as frailty, like yeah, oh I can't handle looking at that like that, mm, like yeah, no he looked he has looked sin straight in the eye and he has borne it himself yeah. and he has carried it like. And he's destroyed it. And the wrath of it, and he has defeated it. Like, it's to say, oh, God can't look at sin. Like, look on it. He has borne it in his person. Yeah. And and so... So, Andy, I'm going to I'm gonna jump in, because Andy yeah. Gillihorn, one of my favorite songwriters, favorite songwriters, he's just fantastic. Gillihorn is spelled, because I'm going to spell this, because it doesn't, it doesn't sound like the way that you spell it, and I want you to be able to look him up. It's G-U-L-L-A-H-O-R-N. Wow. Um, but Andy's a fantastic, uh, songwriter and, and really like he, number one, he can write really hilarious songs, but then he also writes songs that like, uh, are so poignant and he's just got this way of, uh, um, crossing lines that you didn't expect him to. Um, and so he ends up stepping on toes and stuff like that. It's fantastic. I really, really enjoy him. I think he's fantastic. Um, you should look him up, but he's got a song um, where he says, "Even hell is not a godforsaken place." Mm. And I was like, "I don't." I mean, you know, like kind of struggling through what he's saying, and um, um, but then at the end, he's talking about how 
when Jesus was crucified, dead and buried, mm-hmm. he went to hell <laughs> and came back victorious. It's like, so he could prove even hell is not a God for second place. And I was like, all right, guys, like, I needed to hear that today. Like, there's so many times that we feel like that, that separation is, um, so big. Right. Anyway. And I think we were taught that. Yeah, Yeah. that was the, that's what hell is. It's, it's kind of like the, the only accomplishment that Jesus's victory over Satan was, was to banish him to his own realm where he's right. still in control. Yeah, that's yeah. where he reigns in hell yeah, rather he than serves in heaven. This is the uh, Rowan Atkins. Yes, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was a. It's actually in my. So on my webpage, I have a. Is it in? Is it in the Bible? Mm-hmm. Quiz has like thirty something questions, mm-hmm. and one of them is the. I'd rather reign in hell than serve in heaven. Like the biblical picture of hell is a place for Satan to go and suffer, mm-hmm. not a place where he goes and reigns. It's not. Yeah. That's a total misrepresentation of hell. Like completely. Yeah. He he is the. It was created, in my opinion, fundamentally for him. Like that's my that's my view. But that's the. Um, that that his his rebellion is the one that is fundamentally being punished with that, and he he as the leader is being punished there. And the idea that that's somehow, yeah, I, I, I think, I think this sounds, this sounds really scary to people. I think sometimes, but I can say it on the podcast. Like, I think people wish that a hell was a place where you were separated from God. Mm. I think what you experience in hell is a separation from God's, uh, mercy, mercy. Now God's mercy is still real and it's there. And I don't know how that plays out with hell. I don't pretend to understand that, but I don't think hell is a place just of, abolishment or or neglect mm-hmm. i think hell is a place of god's wrath yeah and so if your wrath is being poured out you're engaged and i just i i think i think we would wish again we we know so little about the mechanics of hell and and all of that but when i read it i don't read a place where god sends you and then forgets about you i see it as a place where god can punishes the sin his wrath pours out on the sin that, that you carry there with you and probably, I presume, and continue in for the rest of potential eternal eternity. Yeah, so yeah that's a real. How much more important then is to keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so oh when my they gosh. speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. I mean, yeah. if, if we truly believe this stuff, then yeah, we're not obliged in the sense that we are now earning God's favor. But man, there is an obligation that if we're not carrying. It seems like we're not appreciating this the right way, and we're leading people to not appreciate it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the I think that's the hardest thing to me is that you are um, teaching people that that it's not that big of a deal, and it is it is a big deal. You know what? This would be a good place to end on on that note. Coming up, we're actually going to have a couple of Sundays where we have people making gospel presentations in the service, yeah, so that people can see it, experience it, hear it learn how they would do it. How are you going to invite people into the gospel? Yeah. And so it'll be some key Sundays for all of us, but it's, but for non-believers to hear it and for believers to learn how to invite to it. It's that important. It is that important. Um, that got a little heavy, but praise God. Hope you're still encouraged.